So we're holding by Malach Malif, we had Perachov, Pasuk Lamar Aleph, this year we started as Ischusi Lenishmas, Yechaskal Shraga, Ben Avram Yehuda, it should also be Ischusi Lenishmas, Moshe Ben Daniel, Chaim Eloza Ben Shemshan Arya, Yenas Tatsura Bas Yechaskal, as well as Ischus Fufu, Shlema, Chaim Moshe Shua Ben Malka, Chaim Dabba Ben Arachel, and Chanaleah Bashain Arachel. The learning should also be Ischus for Yeshua, for all those in the Makam Sakana, in and around Eretz Yisrael. So we learned previously that Ben Hadad launches another attack against Achav, thinking that this time they'll be successful because they're fighting in a valley. Once again, Hashem allows the small army of Achav to wipe out the army of Ben Hadad. So 100,000 of Ben Hadad's soldiers are killed in one day. Ben Hadad retreats with 27,000 soldiers and some servants to the city of Afek. Uh, but the wall of Afe collapses and kills 27,000 soldiers. So Ben Hadad is now left with a small force of servants. At this point, Achav could have taken out Ben Hadad. It was, there was nothing left to his army. However, Ben Hadad was hiding out in the city of Afek. And Afek is a city under the, under the rule of Malchus of Yehuda. Yehuda was ruled at this time by Yehoshaphat, who was Achav's brother-in-law. And we'll see in a later parak that they were on friendly terms. They even went to battle together against Aram later on. And so Achav was not about to violate the sovereignty of the Malchus of Yehuda to go into Afek. So in theory, Ben-Hadad should be safe. However, the problem is that Ben-Hadad was also trapped and that he could not get home. He could not go back to Aram. So his servants realized that for all intents and purposes, he was going to lose the Malchus because there was going to be some rebel who was going to seize the throne. The king doesn't have an army. The king is 300 miles away. So I'm declaring myself to be the Malach over Aram. And what can Ben-Hadad do about it? He's not here to protest. So they realize that they have to do something to get out of Afek. So they came up with this idea that, that would enable them to escape from Achav and basically live to fight another day. What? That Ben-Hadad should appeal to the Rachmanus of Achav, just like uh, the Gevoinim did in the days of Yeshua, and just like Shaul showed Rachmanus to Agag after fighting Amalek. And as we know, in both situations, there were unfortunate results for Klai Yisrael. So let's see this inside now. Pasuk Lamedalev, So Ben-Hadad's servant said to him, Hine no shamanu, behold, we have heard, that the kings of the house of Kla Yisrael, they're merciful kings. Let's put sackcloth on our, on our um, bodies and put ropes upon our heads. Let's go out to the king of Yisrael. Maybe he will grant you your life, he will have mercy, and he will not have you executed. So the Mepharshim explained the symbolism of the sackcloth and the rope. The Rabak says that the sackcloth symbolized the total surrender and acceptance of Achav's authority. In modern times, we would say this is someone waving the white flag. So putting sackcloth on your body in those times was basically surrendering. The rope on the head, says the Rabak, was like symbolizing a, a, a leash that they accepted Achav's authority as if he held them by a leash. The Mitzudah says the rope on the head symbolized the noose, as if to say that they were in Achav's hands completely. If he wanted to, he could even have them hanged. The Asar Lameya in Drush Test points out that this idea that Klai Yisrael, by their nature, are Rachmanim, is a midah that separates us, A, from the rest of the nations, and B, it's something that's well known that the other nations recognize that we are different in that we have Rachmanus and they don't. And if you want, you know, you need look no further than what's happening in the war between Israel and Gaza, where Israel is going beyond what any other country would do in terms of warfare. 
terms of letting the Palestinians know where they're going to bomb, letting the Palestinians know how they can escape to safety. No other country, including the United States, would ever do something like that towards a enemy country, even if there were innocent civilians involved. And we see that the Klai Yisrael is Rachmanim b'nei Rachmanim. So says the Asar Lameya that this was something that was well known by the nations and obviously was exploited from time to time by the nations. Uh, unfortunately, similar to the way it's exploited today, how the nations of the world take advantage of us. But he says that that's why it was mentioned by the servants of Banad, that it was well known and it was something that they wanted to take advantage of. Mechakatana gives another reason why what the rationale was, why they felt that Achav would have mercy. So the Mechakatana explains that what was the premise for this attack? What was the whole premise why Aram attacked? Why Ben Hadad attacked? Is that initially Ben Hadad went to Achav and said, I want your gold, your silver, your best wives, your best children, and anything that you find desirable. He wanted, he wanted resources, he wanted wealth. He wanted possessions, but he never, at least in his terms of surrender, never requested anything specifically from Achav. Never want, never requested that Achav be harmed, never requested that Achav be executed. It was all about resources. So they said to Ben Hadad that since your premise to attack Achav was all about resources, so L'chaira, to satisfy him, we should give him what we wanted. Like basically saying, we should do what we wanted to do to him, let him do to us. So we never intended to take his life. We never intended to harm him personally. We wanted things from him. So let's give him our things. Let's make ourselves subservient to him. But there's no reason why he should have us executed. We never wanted to kill him. And therefore, uh, that was the rationale that they utilized to convince Ben Haddad that he should fall on his knees in front of Achav. And it turns out that they are actually correct, because later on in Pasuk Lamed Beis, we'll see that Achav says to them, he says that Achiu, he calls him my brother, meaning he's like me, that just like he was uh, uh, considerate about my covet and never wanted to harm me personally, never hunted, wanted to harm my goof, so too I will treat him like a brother, that although I may uh, uh, request a tribute from him, and although I may uh, declare a penalty from him, uh, of some payment, but I'm not going to harm him uh, personally, physically in his body. The art scroll just points out that they only mention the servants aren't mentioning, mentioning anything about themselves. Uh, so the art scroll suggests that that's because it was taken for granted that if Achav was going to spear the life of Ben Hadad, he was certainly going to spear them as well. So So they did this. They put sackcloth on their bodies. They put ropes on their heads. And they presented themselves to Achav on behalf of Ben Hadad. Ben Hadad himself doesn't come out of hiding yet. He wants the servants first to test the waters to see what the response is. So they present themselves to Achav. And they said, Your servant Ben Hadad Omar has requested to please let me live. So Vayoimer Achav responds, Audenu Chai is he still alive? Achiu. Achav calls him, he is my brother. And this catches them, says the Mabim, completely off guard. Because here they are not only declaring that Achav is their master, but Achav is their master's master. They never expected that Achav would reply that not only is Ben Hadad not only an equal, but that he loved him, he's like a brother. And the Navi later is going to give Achav Musr. That this Melech who twice attacked you and twice tried to destroy Klai Yisrael and yet you're showing him love, it's inappropriate. It's not a proper response. And the Mabam explains with this reply, Odenu Chai, 
that Achav was telling the servants, is he still alive? He survived the battle. Let him not be afraid. I, he's as dear to me as a brother. I certainly will not allow any harm to come to him. And the Abar Benel says how foolish Achav was in this reply, because when Ben Hadad demanded Achav's wives, children, and wealth, and Achav referred to him as a servant, Ben Hadad got upset that that wasn't sufficient. And yet now, when the shoe's on the other foot and Ben Hadad is begging for his life for nothing, Achav all of a sudden treats him as an equal. It makes no sense.